0: Hello people's and welcome to esoterica cinema the podcast where we take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them My name is Jason Peters and we are back for another patented five-minute review five Today we are going back to 1956 for the killing Written and directed by Stanley Kubrick who shares a screenwriting credit with a gentleman named Jim Thompson and photographed by Lucian Ballard. Letterboxd describes this as, Career criminal Johnny Clay recruits a sharpshooter, a crooked police officer, a bartender, and a betting teller named George, among others, for one last job before he goes straight and gets married. But when George tells his restless wife about the scheme to steal millions from the racetrack where he works, she hatches a plot of her own. Now, the interesting thing about this film is that it's really an ensemble piece, and I don't know that if you look at Kubrick's career, you can really say that he had a lot of ensemble pieces, but this is an effective one. It's got a number of characters, all of them played by various character actors. Each of them has a sort of unique and different personality type. We've got the lead character, played by Sterling Hayden, in a beautifully named Johnny Clay. Doesn't that just sound like a perfectly 1956 noir thriller character, Johnny Clay? Now, the great thing about this guy, Sterling Hayden, if you don't know him by name, if you can't picture his face, he is the crazed general from Kubrick's own Dr. Strangelove. A foreign substance is introduced. No, our precious bodily fluids. That's right, that guy. That's like the best part of that whole movie. That running gag is just hilarious. And each of these actors really just nails their character's part uh, on that team as well. We have a no-nonsense cop. There's a sort of cool rifleman. We've got this sort of large brawler guy. And then this very wormy teller, right? That's the George character. And George is really desperate to impress his beautiful wife, who is played by Marie Windsor. And she is very manipulative in just that perfect way. And he ends up telling the plan to her. And of course, instead of letting them do their thing, she has other ideas. I want the world. I want the whole world. I won't go into any more of the plot because that would sort of give away. You know, it's not like a hugely twist and turn sort of movie, right? It's not one of those like cat and mouse, like, and then, and then, and then. What a twist. It kind of tells you what's going on up front, and it's more about the execution of that, you know? Instead of it sort of evolving into a series of actions that beget one another it's really more of like that ocean's 11 right like the planning of like one big heist Uh, that's what I would compare it to in modern days obviously this film preceded that by close to 40 something years so I do understand that film came first don't worry (laughs) I think what surprised me most about this film really was the pace You know, for all of the wonderful aspects of a Kubrick film, there are times where they can move very slowly. They move deliberately and intentionally slow paced, right? And this film is not that. This film moves at a very brisk pace. It's got a lot of fast paced dialogue. The editing is quick. It doesn't have like a a ton of, you know, fast camera movements, so to speak, or anything like that, but... The way that the actors perform, you know, they give it that appropriately fast-talking, mid-50s sort of speech pattern that we're all familiar with. What do you hear? What do you say? What do you hear? What do you say? I'm glad to see you. And all of this works to the film's benefit. It's a good film. I enjoyed it from beginning to end. Once it starts, it doesn't stop. There's enough characters to keep things interesting. Each of them has their own unique shades. And the story is interesting. I will say that I didn't so much love the ending. I think that they were trying to go for something that was a little more hard-hitting. Definitely had this sort of element of poetic justice, just desserts, crime doesn't pay. Any of those sort of thematic conclusions and climaxes that you want to ascribe to films like this. So I appreciate the message and where it was coming from and that was appropriate, but it felt a little cheap and in ways it almost invalidates the movie as a whole. Come on. Now the cinematography crisp, clear, we're going to see elements of what Kubrick would do later in his career for any of his faults. And for whatever you have to say about Kubrick films in the negative, you definitely can't say they weren't gorgeously photographed and this film is no different. We start to see also see some of the lighter dolly movements that he's going to incorporate to larger degrees as his career progresses. And I think that on top of the performances, the screenplay would also arguably be the strongest aspect of this production. And As I mentioned, this was written by Stanley Kubrick, but with the help of a gentleman named Jim Thompson, who is actually a famous crime fiction author, and Kubrick thought that he wrote wonderfully natural dialogue and asked him if he would do the same for this film. So Jim Thompson wrote all of the dialogue, Stanley Kubrick wrote all the stage direction, everything else, and the two of them share the screenwriting credit, and I think it works very well. It's not... Overly stylized. If you listen to the show and you listen to the Sweet Smell of Success episode recently, that featured very stylized dialogue. I'd hate to take a bite out of you. You're a cookie full of arsenic. This is not that. This is very authentic. And even though it's delivered, maybe with a little bit of panache, the way that it reads on the page is definitely not this sort of colorful language that we associate with a lot of noir films. Now, many people say this is Kubrick's first good movie, and I would agree, and he was almost upsettingly only 28 years old when he made this, his first good Hollywood film, right? So, ah. Wasted those early 20 careers shooting for Look Magazine or whatever he did. No, just kidding. Obviously, he's a very, very talented dude. And this would obviously give us a taste of a lot of what we would see later, even in his next film, Paths of Glory, which if you haven't, go back to uh, go back to old season one where Ryan and I look at that film. Kirk Douglas is awesome. He gives a great performance. We really start to see... Kubrick come into his own with his shooting style, especially with regards to those tracking shots, man. The tracking shots in the trenches in Paths of Glory are just wonderful and really set up what he would do in a lot of his later films. Now, what do you think about the film? You know, a lot of people say it's his first good film, but other people disagree. Some people like Killer's Kiss. Other people don't like this one. What do you think about that? I'd love to know what you think. Call us with your opinion at the Esoterica Cinema Hotline, 818 483 6285. Let us know what you think about the killing. Did you like it? Did you not? Is it Kubrick's first good movie? Was Killer's Kiss better? Let us know. 818 483 6285. I'm going to leave you with three adjectives for the killing. Those are going to be tight, concise, and effective, all leading to a star rating of four out of five. Four out of five stars for. Stanley Kubrick's The Killing. This film is streaming free on Canopy. That's Canopy with a K dot com. A streaming service you can get for free with your digital library card. I encourage you to check that out. They have wonderful films and wonderful video quality. And then go ahead and check out our long form episodes. Season three has been great. Robocop, Amadeus, Following, Election, a lot of good films, And we would love it if you would uh, rate rate us, subscribe, do all that stuff that's out there. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your mom, anybody that likes film, especially ones they've never heard of. We would love it if you would help us out if you're enjoying the show. Leave us those five-star reviews or one star if you hate us and you'll never listen to us again. But I don't know why you'd keep coming back if that was the case. Either way, we appreciate having you and make sure to come back for another episode of Esoterica Cinema.